United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. In 2014, in the summer, ISIS militants conquered a third of the territory in Iraq, even threatening the capital of Baghdad, the biggest Iraqi city conquered by the group, was Mosul. A year ago, Iraq celebrated the fact that they were gone, and as a matter of fact, recently had a national holiday to celebrate the fact that it was a year ago that ISIS was out of Iraq. Are they really, and are they still a threat or not a threat, and are they a threat still in the region we are pleased that this morning we can connect with Dr. Eli Abouan, who is the Director of Middle East and North Africa Programs for the United States Institute of Peace, based in Tunis. He's been in Baghdad this week, is tweeting at L022. Dr. Eli Abouan, welcome to POTUS. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for hosting me. Good morning. What can you tell us about the difference in Baghdad today compared to a year ago? Uh, well, today, Baghdad lives a, a sense of relief, uh, uh, not only because of the of the victory over uh, over ISIS, the liberation of Mosul, but also because of uh, of the uh, having held the election in the summer and uh, and now forming almost forming a government with, with some missing uh, ministers, though. Uh, but you see that there is a great momentum in Baghdad, uh, whether security-wise, economy, uh, at the economic level, politically, etc., uh, which is great, uh, of course. Uh, however, uh, what, what we're trying to highlight during our visit uh, is that all these gains need to be sustained by uh, some additional measures uh, that reinforce social cohesion at the community level. The the word rebuild means so many different things in a place like Iraq, which obviously war torn country. Part of it means getting the power plants once again producing electricity for people who need to get electricity. It means running water for individuals. Let's talk about that aspect first. The physical rebuilding of Iraq. Where is it now on that scale? Whether or not people are satisfied with the efforts of the government to make sure, if you'll pardon my using the metaphor, the trains are running on time. Yeah, well, obviously, no, the people are not satisfied with the speed with which the reconstruction or the infrastructure of the construction is going on. It's been slow for different reasons. Uh, one of them is, uh, is the, the availability of funding or the lack of, uh, uh, as well as the slow bureaucratic procedures in Iraq uh, and the fact that some areas are not still fully secured. So, But also you need to look at the scope of the needs in terms of infrastructure. So the infrastructure of Iraq was not only destroyed in the last two years. It's been crippling since the early 90s. Uh, and since then, there was no serious effort to rebuild the, the infrastructure uh, in a way that takes into account the demographic expansion and the economic uh, factors. Uh, so it's been slow, definitely, and people are frustrated. Uh, but again, this is not the aspect that worries out the most. The aspect that worries out the most is how much uh, there's investment in social cohesion initiatives. But this is what's going to sustain the game. To what extent do you believe the United States should be involved in supporting, again, this, I want to get to some of those other efforts, the social cohesion, but to what extent should the United States be involved 
in either investment or participation in the physical rebuilding of Iraq. As you mentioned, a lot of it started years ago. The last couple of years with ISIS was brought its own toll. But where should the U.S. stand on this? And would any assistance be welcome at this point? Yes. Uh, well, the, the forms uh, through which the United States can be involved in Iraq are not only through direct assistance. Uh, I think there are a number of countries who are uh, contributing to funds uh, to reconstruct Iraq. But I think the United States has uh, some uh, some aspects of technical assistance that is crucially needed in Iraq, uh, whether it's in terms of uh, assistance to the security forces or in re- reconstruction or technology or other aspects. So there is a huge role for the United States to play in, in Iraq, but I don't see it as necessarily going only through the bilateral direct assistance channel. There are, I mean, there is a role for the private sector, and there are also wins for the private, for the U.S. private sector to come and, and invest money here. Uh, there is the, the aspect of education, technology, as I mentioned before, you know, uh, banking and finance, etc. So several aspects where the U.S. knowledge, expertise, and uh, and the human capital can play uh, an important role. Dr. Ely Abouan is with us, Director of Middle East and North Africa Programs at the United States Institute of Peace. Uh, let's go to the social cohesion you discussed. It seems to me that trust in government is something that has been, if not in short supply, it has been slow in coming in Iraq. And I wonder how that is right now. And the institutions that are responsible for moving the country forward, is there trust, is there confidence in that? Well, yes, there is a lack of, I mean, the lack of trust is at different levels. There is a lack of of trust between the communities and the institutions, as as you rightly mentioned, but there is also a lack of trust between the different constituents of Iraq. Uh, And this is not only based on sectarian divisions, but, uh, I mean, in some cases, even if you have, uh, you know, one sectarian group living in a given area, but they, they still mistrust each other for different reasons. Uh, and this is where, where uh, you know, the needs for social cohesion emerge as, as a priority, because uh, if you don't address these local conflicts, then whatever gain you achieve at the national level can easily be reversed. Are you also concerned about any foreign countries trying to insert themselves into the recovery in Iraq and to moving forward in Iraq, that they are trying to influence it in a negative way? Yeah, and it's not a matter of being afraid of that. I think it's it's a reality. I mean, there are uh, there are competing regional agendas playing out in Iraq, uh, from neighboring countries, but also uh, other countries in the region. And and this is this has been obvious the last few years, uh, whether at the political level, at the security level, etc. So this is a reality now, uh, and, uh, and I think uh, it is affecting uh, the. How much the Iraqis can can control their own decisions? What um, what should we be looking forward to over the next short term and long term in Iraq? Some important steps that you think need to be taken. I think completing the formation of the government is an important step because now there are two crucial ministers that have been appointed have not been appointed yet. Sorry, the minister of interior, the minister of defense. Uh, but at the same time, we're looking forward to to seeing the the, the the plan of the government become a reality, to come into action, uh, and, and to start seeing the results. Uh, and we we do hope also that uh, 
the government will take into account uh, not only the physical infrastructure aspect, but also the social cohesion aspect. Dr. Ely Abouan, thank you for joining us on POTUS today. Thank you. Have a great day. You too, and safe travels. Dr. Ely Abouan is the Director of Middle East and North Africa programs at the United States Institute of Peace. He's based in Tunis, but he's been in Baghdad this week looking at the country, sort of taking the the measure of things a year since ISIS was kicked out or had its last stand, if you will, in Iraq. He is tweeting, by the way, at L022, that is E-L-L-E-022. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.